Good afternoon. I think it's about time for us to start. So just before we start, let me mention uh, these suggestion forms for future elders. I think we ran out this morning. So if you're looking for one of these, there, there are more now at the back. So you can uh, take one of those afterwards. And then just a reminder that we are eating together afterwards, so there is food in here. And we're very pleased to be able to uh, welcome Mick Wagner. I've been saying it wrong for the last two weeks, but he wasn't here, so he doesn't know that. Um, you're very, very welcome. It's his first time with us. SASRA is an organization that I knew about growing up in Northern Ireland. I knew one of the reps there, or maybe he was the rep there at the time. So I know a little bit about the ministry, but it may be the first time I think that SASRA has come here to the church. So we're very much looking forward to hearing from you. Uh, in a second, after I pray, I'll hand over to Mick, and then, as usual, we'll have opportunity for questions at the end of his presentation. So if uh, something comes up, you can keep that in mind. So let me just pray, and then I'll hand straight over to Mick. Father, we thank you for the opportunities that we have to hear about what you're doing in various uh, places around the world and closer to home. And we thank you for this opportunity uh, that we have to hear about what's going on among our servicemen and women. Uh, we thank you for them. Uh, from time to time, we're reminded very uh, forcibly in the news of the, the things that they do for us here and around the world and the sacrifices that they make. And we know that they desperately need Jesus. And so as we uh, think about the work that goes on and as Mick shares with us, I pray that you will bless him as he shares with us. And I pray that we will come to have some appreciation for uh, the need among these men and women so that we may share some of your concern for them ourselves. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, thank you for this opportunity to uh, be with you and to uh, bring this uh, presentation on the work of SASRA. Um, I'm grateful, I will be eternally grateful for the ministry that is SASRA. I grew up up the road in Stoke-on-Trent. Uh, my father's, uh, or was Polish, hence the surname. Uh, my mum uh, coming from Stoke. And I grew up without any religion. I have no memory uh, of any of those things. So when I decided to join the army at 17 and a an half, and they asked me what religion was, I hadn't got a clue, so I just said whatever. Uh, and that was it. But God did a remarkable thing. Um, he took this 17-year-old who decided to go home with his uniform on to impress the girls, because girls like a uniform. Um, and one of them had become a Christian. And they invited me to church, and I said, no thanks. They said, well, why don't you come to a youth group afterwards, because we have all sorts of debates. Well, I was 17, so I had all the answers, so I was prepared to go. Uh, and I went, uh, and I remember being challenged by somebody who I have no idea what his name is, even to this day. But I do know he'd not long left the RAF, and he too was a Christian. He tagged the idea that I was in uh, basic training, and so he got alongside me, and I remember him talking about the gospel. And it shook me, um, because it was very clear to me that if this was true, 
then it demanded a response. If God had given a son to die for me, then it wasn't something just you could ignore. And I was troubled. And God did then a second wonderful thing. He never let me forget that. And so for the remainder of my basic training, my life was all over the place as I got on with training and then having to work this thing out. I went back to the youth group uh, and we, uh, I joined in all sorts of things. Um, and I remember uh, one day I'd not long just finished my training uh, and I'd passed out. That doesn't mean to say I'd fallen over. It meant I was now um, deemed fit to be called a soldier and wear a uniform and all the rest of it. I went along to them and I remember them holding a, a little meeting. Um, and all I can say is I suddenly felt very, very ashamed and convicted and I knew uh, I needed to get right before a holy God and God did a remarkable thing he made me realize that I was his so here I am I'm just about 18 now I'm now just about to begin my army career and I'm now a Christian but I've never been to church I don't have a Bible I don't know the first thing about any Bibles uh, any Bible stories or anything like that, what am I going to do in my military career? And then I met a scripture reader. And I'm going to talk about them uh, just the now. And this scripture reader and his wife, Frank and Vera Crofts were the name, that was their role. Yes, they were evangelists to take the gospel to serving soldiers, but they were also there for those who professed to be Christians, to help them. And long story short, three things they instilled in me. First thing, what would Jesus do? You wear a bangle nowadays that says that, don't you? But that was the first thing, because I was going to be moving every two years, and I did. So wherever I found myself, and I was going to be placed in all sorts of circumstances, what would the Lord have me do in that situation? Second thing was, wherever I was, because I was going to be all around the world, and I did, Meet with the Lord's people. Don't ask them what denomination they belong to first. Just meet with them and fellowship with them. And I've met some wonderful Christians all around the world. And the third thing was I really did need to start learning the Bible for myself. I couldn't keep running back to Frank and saying, such and such said such and such, what's the answer? And so instilled in me that uh, need to read the Scriptures. So because of that, I had a career in 22 years, came out as a warrant officer, married a, met and married a scripture reader's daughter along the way, uh, and settled in York. So I, as I said, I'm eternally grateful for the ministry of Sazra. So I'm delighted that I'm able to be here and share with you some of the work that goes on uh, through Sazra. So I'm going to show you some images. There'll be a couple of clips on there as well. And although I'm going to do my best, I will slip into jargon. So just put your hand up and say what you're talking about. Um, and then I'll, I'll translate into uh, normal speak. On there. If uh, you, you're not brave enough to do that, you can always pick up one of these, which is the Sazra Prayer Guide, um, it, as well as having all the information about everybody that's in Sazra, a little bio and all the rest of it. On the back page, there's a jargon buster. 
It's not called the jargon buster, it's called the selective index of military abbreviations. Um, so that, that might help. And it certainly might if you pick up any of our literature. Um, it'll be in there, but more of that anon. So SASRA, there's our badge, the military-like badges, and so we wear the SASRA badge. Uh, and here it is, it's uh, quite, quite bold, and it's got that text in the uh, middle. Anyone like to hazard a guess what that text is? No? Okay, I can do it. I can only do it in the authorised. Um, Be therefore ready, for in such a time as you think not, the Son of Man will come. Be ready. Be ready. Because that's the life of the military man and woman. It's to be ready. That's why we do all the training. We? That's why we did all the training. You know, that's why now there are still exercising and drilling and practicing so that they are ready. Because you never know what's around the corner. You never know. So be ready. And of course, for the Christian, it's to be ready because we're living in the light of the Lord's return. And so we're to be ready for when he returns. And, and so we, uh, that gives impact and import to uh, the pre- presentation of the gospel, the life that we live and the words that we share. So Sazra, the Soldiers and Airmen's Scripture Readers Association. We work amongst soldiers, we work amongst airmen. We are convinced that it is the Word of God that is the vehicle that God has given us to use. And so we seek to uh, put the Scriptures verbally into the lives of men and women, but also, where we can, the written Scriptures too. And we're an association. We have been going for nigh on 200 years. And uh, I'll give you a little bit of that background. Um, But for 200 years, you can say that we have been standing alongside initially our soldiers, but since uh, uh, 1918 amongst uh, the RAF as well, our airmen and women, standing alongside them with the message of God's love in Jesus Christ. Even in uh, the midst of conflict, making these things known. Soldiers and airmen who are engaged on our behalf. Forget about the politics. It doesn't matter who's in government, whether they're red, blue, or whatever. Our soldiers and our airmen are a resource that is used uh, for hazardous times. Conflicts, yes, we understand that. But when there are floods, who do they call? Send in the military. Yeah? That's... That's understandable. And our servicemen and women, they go as they are bid, and they do it for us. And oftentimes they find themselves in hazardous conditions, placed in harm's way. And here's the thing, most of them are drawn from the least churched areas of our society. Um, There's an interesting book about a shepherd from up in uh, uh, Lancashire. And he talks about the fact that how he was growing up, how he hated uh, the academic pressure that he was placed under. And the way he perceived it as being him being squeezed into an academic mold that he didn't want to go into. Being pressurized into considering leaving his culture to go to another culture, university, which he didn't want to go to. 
Um, and, and it's a fascinating read about all that. And that can transfer to, the, to uh, those young men and women who join the military. They're not interested in academia. They just want to live a life where they are, amongst the people they are. They are proud of their heritage, if you will, you know. Whether that was like a shepherd, you know, just being a shepherd who gets soaking wet on the hills and looks after his sheep. Whether someone who lives on an estate and, and they, um, they, you know, they, they work the bins or they, you know, they do any other sort of menial, manual stuff. They're okay. That's what they're happy with. And so they, they resent this as they perceive this pressure. And so many of them then say, oh, I'm going to join the military because that's more like what I'm after. Something physical, something exciting, and something that's not going to demand that I leave my culture, because I can always go home when my tours are uh, apart, you know, and all those sorts of things. So these are the young men that we work with, the young men and women. This is the democratic, if you like. And as I say, we stand alongside them, and we stand alongside them in support of the moral component of fighting power. Now, that is a bit of jargon, but it is the phrase that is used, the moral component. If we were to have an argument in this room, me versus everyone else, I'd probably come off second best. But if I pulled out a Kalashnikov, it changes, doesn't it? Because I've got the power. I've got, if you like, the force. And lethal force is, or is used nowadays willy-nilly amongst people particularly that have no regard for the sanctity of life. You've seen the images. It doesn't matter where they are, what part of the world. Folk having access to lethal force and discharging rounds and whatever, all sorts. The British military still holds the fact that there has to be a moral component to fighting force. There has to be a moral foundation. And so our young men and women in the forces are given what's known as core values that they have to abide to and sign up to to be allowed into the British military. And then they are put in situations where they're uh, dealing with and in conflict with those who haven't a notion of any sort of morality. Death is the ultimate reward for themselves, and it doesn't matter who they take out with them. It's a very difficult situation for these young men and women to find themselves in. How are they going to handle it? unless there is some input. And our chaplaincy has that responsibility, and our chaplaincy supervises the placement of our scripture readers. Uh, and so when we offer them and they are placed, they use them in the right sense of the word because they can identify with serving soldiers and airmen because they are ex-serving soldiers and airmen. They're not someone who's been parachuted in from university, can I say. And so, 
they are there in support of these things. So that's the reason why we, scriptures are still there today after all these years. Now, I don't know if you can see that too well. It's a bit... Well, but anyway, it's, uh, yeah, if you can read it, fine. If you can't, I'll just give you a bit. Start off 1838. That's when we were formally associated. We began earlier than that. And then dates down there, uh, 1860s was when a formal charter was uh, drawn up that uh, said very clearly what scripture readers could do, what they must not do, and most importantly, the MOD um, wouldn't be paying for any of it. Not a penny. It had to be funded by the private purse, by Christians. And so that's why uh, we, we continue to, to make the work known because we, that's still the case today. There are very clear things that the Scripture reader can do, very clear things that they must not do. They mustn't undermine military discipline and good order. That's another bit of jargon. Don't worry about it. It just means that uh, when you've served, you understand what that means and you can operate in that. You don't do anything that would undermine the discipline of the unit. And uh, the, the military understands that we will not expect any remuneration for anything that, we, that is done by Scripture readers. And that's fine. That's fine. We like it that way. Um, just uh, eight, 1913, His Majesty King George V became our uh, patron, and we've been honoured that every serving monarch since then is the patron of Sazra. Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II is our patron to this day. And then in the 1930s, uh, there was amalgamation of Sazra uh, into Sazra from all uh, its beginnings. Um, I won't give you all the titles that make it up. And so we've been Sazra since then. We've had scripture readers placed, as I say, since uh, the, the 18, uh, since the Napoleonic Wars, basically. Here's an image on, on the side there, and, and this is refers to Crimea, 1854-56. And again, I'll read this out to you. It's uh, an extract from a biography of this gentleman, Duncan Matheson, who became a scripture reader with the British Army in the Crimea in order to offer spiritual support to the troops out there. He also preached and handed out thousands of Bibles and tracts, and during the war he handed out 52,000 tracts, 622 Bibles, 100, sorry, 1,477 New Testaments in English, and thousands more in French. And here's a, an image from Catrick, our reader, Lee McDade, who's been there since 213, and it reads exactly the same. Lee McDade became a scripture reader with the British Army in order to offer spiritual support to the troops today. He also preaches and hands out New Testaments and Psalms, Bibles and military edition, Our Daily Breads. And during the year, he engages with over 1,200 military recruits, infantryers. Any uh, young man or women nowadays that join up to join the infantry, they go to Catrick and Lee will meet them and uh, be part of the training there for their core values, but also we'll have opportunities to speak to them and share gospel moments with them. The work hasn't changed because the need hasn't changed. There is an ignorance of the gospel. 
there is an ignorance of the fact that we are in the state we are in because we have abandoned God. And yet we have this yearning for that which only God can give. And there is no way of resolving that until it is made clear to us that God has done something. He has given his son to be the savior of the world. And those, were, those truths are liberating. They are liberating. And these young men and women, they come and say, well, I need to hear a bit more about this. And so they'll engage and talk about them. Now, I'm just going to play you a clip now. This is from um, Lynham, which is down in the Wiltshire Way. And it's the home of the, uh, where the Royal Electrical and Mechanical Engineers are trained and you're going to hear our scripture reader, and you're also going to hear some of the uh, officers who were there talking about how they view his work there. So it's a general piece on there, and they talk in generalities. But it'll give you a flavor of how we are perceived by those in authority. My name is Tian de Klerk. I'm the Sazra scripture reader and welcome to MOD Lynham. A really good day here would look like possibly walking around in the morning trying to catch up with a few guys that I've had uh, ministry with over the past couple of weeks and then meeting with soldiers one-on-one, -on -one, finding out where they find themselves in life and then applying the gospel to their life, sharing the truth and the reality of the scriptures with them and ultimately directing them to the gospel of the Lord Jesus. My main focus as welfare officer is the delivery of that welfare capability. Scripture readers visiting barracks, work areas, speaking to the soldiers, I find that adds real good value. Um, and the way I look at it, it's almost another level to the delivery of welfare capability. It's a joyful work, but it's a hard work. It's often a lonely work. Oftentimes you find yourself engaging with individuals who have grown, grown up in the most difficult circumstances and many times have, have no idea what it, what it means when you even talk to them about a loving Heavenly Father. And so it's often a very, very hard message to carry across to people who've never experienced that reality in their lives. Tim brings um, a, a personal and individual approach to working within the unit because the, the army is a big uh, organisation uh, and what Tian does is individualise it because he he moves around, seeks out soldiers and gets to know them on a, on a, on a personal uh, level. It's, it's good to have a, a, a colleague that you can discuss theology with and spiritual issues, so it's a comfort and help to the, the, the chaplain as well. Um, and, and then also, as we are concerned with the gospel, the, the scripture reader has uh, the, the remit to um, speak about his Christian faith um, with soldiers to encourage them um, and uh, hopefully those who are uh, inquiring will find somebody that can deal with them sensitively and appropriately. You know, a number of years ago a lady came up to me and she asked me how a certain soldier was that I ministered to. I couldn't even remember who the soldier was. I had to go back through my records for almost two years to find this individual and to know that she was still praying for him after all this time was greatly encouraging. And I know every scripture reader in Sazra appreciates your prayers tremendously. Um, it's, it's a very important ministry. It's a very privileged ministry. We are within a secular organization. 
um, and they and they welcome both um, chaplaincy and uh, scripture readers, um, uh, and it, it is an opportunity for the gospel that otherwise would not happen without financial support and, and prayer support. I've had to go back to basic training because that positive impact that I still remember from that scripture reader, and it makes a big difference. You know, having that guy in uniform, no rank, that um, approachability. It's, it's enormous, you know, um, and you know, highly recommended. So for the churches that support scripture readers like Tian, please continue to do so. The, the army definitely, or the services community definitely would benefit from that. So you can see that it's a positive uh, reception to the work of Sazra. As they see, they're giving um, support to the unit as they seek to put these young men and women through training. So that's the, the way that it works. And did you notice he was dressed in a uniform? You couldn't miss it really, could you? But that's another part of this charter agreement. Our scripture readers are given uniforms to wear. So they're ex-military men and women, so they know the life of the military. They're dressed as uh, a military man and woman, and they have the Sazra um, flashes on their arms and slides down the front with their badge and the, the badge on the berets and all the rest of it. So they are distinguished as being scripture readers. Um, and that, uh, it's, it's very difficult to explain how important that is if you've not served. But it gives an identity and it gives a, a, a reputation to the work of Sazra. So it's, it's, it's because he's been there so long and because it is uh, military through and through, it is accepted. And of course, when you have someone in uniform walking in uh, amongst the guys to talk to them, um, the first thing the guys will do is look at the slide down the front. They don't look you in the eyes, they look you on the slide. They want to know what rank you are. They want to know where they need to be saluted, or anything like that. And then they'll clock it ASR, and then the badge, and think, what's that? And so they'll ask that, that, a really obvious question, which is great. Who are you? And the second one, even better. What is a scripture reader? Well, let me tell you. And you're in. You're in. Can you imagine how, how blessed the scripture readers are for that? I bet that when you organize a campaign or an outreach meeting and you do the doors, you have to go through an awful lot of doors before somebody will open one for you. And you've got to visit time and time again before they'll have the time of day and say hello. And you can get that first base and say, hello, my name is. Because it's hard, isn't it? There are so many barriers. You know, and if you went along dressed like this, you know, you'd get no doors answered. You know, you don't quite have to have designer stubble a hoodie and trousers halfway down your back. But, you know, this thing around the neck, you've got no chance, have you? But our scriptures are embedded. They're dressed appropriately, and they behave appropriately because they're part of the military world. And so all those are gone. All those barriers have gone. And so it's straight into the personal stuff and then on to talking about the gospel. Sazra um, has this unique profile. Because, as I say, because of our history and, and because of uh, the way we're able to work alongside our chaplaincy. 
And here is uh, a picture of a scripture reading. Now, this is day one of week one uh, up in Catrick, the infantry. Uh, this is a, a few years old now, this slide, but um, it's still the same. These young men have turned up, they've had a haircut, they've been issued with their tracksuits, uh, and they've come into their first uh, lecture hall, if you will, it's the chaplaincy, uh, and they get introduced to the chaplaincy and the scripture reader. And here he is, he's a scripture reader. He has no rank, you can call him Lee this time. And he is here to listen to you. You don't have to speak to him if you do not want, nor, uh, but if you want to, you will find him at such and such a place and all the rest of it. So that's another barrier gone straight away. He's given license to be there. And I say he's involved in some of these lessons. He's able to talk from personal experience about the things that he saw, he discovered as an unsaved serving soldier. And the difference now being saved, how that works. Here's another picture a few years old. The reason I say it's old, the, the, uh, the uniform has changed. Um, that's, I won't give you, that's, that's one type of pattern, more European pattern. They wear now one that's a pattern for worldwide. That's all you need to know. Um, so this is what's known as a multicultural day. Uh, the, the military is aware uh, of the diversity uh, of uh, the UK today. And so because SASRA is the only uh, organization, the only association that has something like scripture readers, the military has to be very careful and to show that it has not been discriminatory against any other religious group. And so uh, these multicultural days occur uh, at least twice a year, and they have representatives from many uh, of the, the religions that, that may want to come along. Um, and, and again, you can't see on there, but there is uh, a Muslim one, and there is a Sikh one in the background there. But there are others as they go around. Uh, and these, these young men, these recruits, they go and they have 15 minutes to listen to what it is that makes a Muslim a Muslim, a Sikh a Sikh, a Christian a Christian. And you know what the, 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 the chaplains have found and the scripture readers? When guys come in, especially when this is held in a, in a church, what's that picture on the stained glass window about? Or why do some churches have a cross on the wall? And then other ones, they've got somebody on that cross on the wall. And then sometimes in the years, they've got these, these pictures of a hole in a hill. You know, what's, what's, what's this about? They are absolutely ignorant. And so they, they, they put these things through. And then ultimately the scripture reader is able to say to them, how a Christian soldier is in fact a better soldier. I'm talking about his testimony and other things. Another event that goes on is something that's called a health fair. Because of the, the pressures that our military are under, um, all sorts, mental health, physical health, uh, emotional, um, there's five of them, they've all gone out of my head now. What they were. Anyway, there's five strands of this well-being uh, that they, they look at. 
And so they'll have different uh, specialists talking about uh, safeguards um, for your health and things that you can do to improve your health, you know, from basic things like making sure you wear your ear defenders when you're in the vicinity of loud bangs, you know, to watching what you eat, you know. But one of them is spiritual health. The military recognizes that there is a spiritual side to life. And so once there's a recognition there is a spiritual side to life, then there is an opportunity to talk about to have the best spiritual health that there is. And then our scripture readers, they are involved, as I say, with our chaplaincy. There's a picture of one of our scripture readers on the, uh, there he is, on, the, on your left there, uh, with one of the padres on the right there, involved and invited by the padres to join with them here it out on a field service where they go to take part in it as they speak to these young men. So they have this profile that allows them to be involved in the things that go on around the, the camp, around the garrison. But also, uh, that gives them then so many opportunities. Here we have scripture reader Meg Atkinson um, in the RAF station Bryce Norton visiting one of the uh, lines, um, one of the offices. This is a store uh, online. I'm going around having regular and repeated visits, um, engaging with them, getting to know them, um, handing out something that, that they might find appropriate, just being there for them. And because Meg has been there for so long now, um, they all know and all expect her to come along and welcome her. They'll all say, have you got something on rugby? You know, have you got something on wherever else? And, uh, yeah, she's the type of woman that has. You know, she, you name a subject, she's got a tract on it or a booklet on it and all the rest of it. Just getting along. And because she's been there so long, she won't mind me telling you that she's, she's just had her 70th birthday. You know, so she's, she's way past being aunt. She's granny to so many of these young men and women. And so she has a relationship with them that's completely different. But the outcome is still the same. Let me tell you about Jesus. What a difference he can make to your life. We have opportunities to visit uh, the troops when they're out in training areas. Here's another one of our scripture readers. These young men have have taken a break from a particular form of training that they do. uh, And he's able to come and share with them. Picking up the things that they are practicing in uh, this arena, and then using that as a gateway into talking about the scriptures, talking about uh, salvation. Picture here of uh, another scripture reader, Gavin Dixon. Here he is, going around the the lines, speaking to a young lady who's uh, in the uh, vehicle sheds there, sharing with her the scriptures. Another uh, lady here, this is um, scripture reader Tracy Blackwell, with another scripture reader there, visiting a training area, getting alongside uh, this recruit here, as he's just taking a break from wherever he's doing, speaking to with them, sharing with them the gospel. And not always being involved, giving out, being involved, identifying with uh, the garrison. This the scripture reader, he's one of our mad ones. Um, decided to take part in a 10-mile uh, event 
um, because it's something they do annually, just to get the T-shirt. Yeah? And that's part of the highlight, you know, wading through mud and all the rest. Why would you do that? Anyway, he wanted to do it, and he did it to be identified with uh, the, the, the unit that he served. And then here's a really scary one. Two of our scripture readers helping out um, in the garrison Christmas. Santa and his little helper traumatized the kids. Two of the scripture readers there. The the opportunities are so wide-ranging because of the profile, because of the terms of engagement. So Sajra has this opportunity to do this work. Uh, And I'm going to play another little clip now. Uh, And this is um, from up in Edinburgh. Um, In fact, no, I've got one thing to show first. Sorry. Uh, We are not a standalone organization. We we recognize very much that we are a servant of the church. Uh, We go into barracks and garrisons because the church can't. Um, I mentioned at the beginning when I gave you my testimony, I was a warrant officer when I left. All you need to know about that is when I walked in the room, people stood up. Um, and said, do you want a cup of tea? Do you want a bacon sandwich? Yes sir, no sir, three bags full sir, and all the rest of that. Um, the very next day, when I handed in my ID card and finished and became a civilian, if I had tried to walk back into that camp, they'd have said, who are you? What do you want? You've got no right to be here. Well, I was the same. I'm only a day older. No, I'm no longer a military man. I have no longer any entitlement to take uh, entrance into that camp at all. And so, as much as we might uh, love the opportunity to, to get alongside our soldiers and airmen, we can't. But Sazra can. Our scripture readers can, and they can get on. But linking up with local churches, things are organized where they can. If it's a local uh, camp, then there's things that we can do. If not, then it is uh, adopting uh, scripture readers to pray for, or camps to pray for, uh, things like that. And here's just a photograph from uh, this last year. You might recognize the guy in the blue shirt, if not the rest. Uh, That's our scripture reader. Um, That's uh, Rico Tice. Rico Tice, um, the man behind uh, Christianity Explored and a one-time evangelist for the Church of England, um, agreed to come down and hold an event on Tidworth. Um, And they organized this event, and it was really well attended. Um, if you want some more details on that, there's a Sazra Ready magazine on the table at the back. It'll have some more details on that. And the local churches joined up with uh, the chaplaincy and the scripture reader to make this event happen um, and to be there for when, at the end, when those who signed up who wanted to do things like Christianity Explored or ask further questions were then able to link up uh, and be supported. Another event that, that happens is uh, up in Edinburgh, and the, it's called the Edinburgh Tattoo, and it's been going for many, many years. It's a big military extravaganza, and each year, Sazra has been providing um, readers and a restroom, and the local churches have been providing um, the teas and the buns and the stickies, and also others that might be able to do logistical stuff. But again, because the readers can go on, they do like, if you like, the frontline stuff, they'll serve the teas. But it's, again, it's in partnership with the local churches. So here's a clip uh, from there. 
says he fully confident and missed these two slides. There's some images uh, of the readers who were there last year. Three readers doing it. Here we go. Well, my name's David Murray, and I'm an Army Scripture Reader. I'm employed by SAZRA, Soldiers and Airmen Scripture Readers Association. And my mission is to tell soldiers uh, the gospel. On a daily basis, that looks like me wearing this uniform and coming into the camp, carrying a Bible, and just simply uh, meeting soldiers uh, where they are, hopefully during that conversation, telling them something of the gospel. Well, all Sajra scripture readers are ex-military, so they understand the plight of a soldier or a member of the Royal Air Force. You know, they've been there, they've done it, they've stagged on, they've um, been out in exercise, they've been wet and cold. So when, when a scripture reader is appointed, you're appointing someone who actually understands the mindset of the soldier, because they've been there. Many scripture readers came to faith in the military context, or were Christians beforehand, but had to live out their Christian faith in the military context. And so they, they, they are supremely gifted and equipped to communicate the gospel and the love of, love of Jesus in the military environment. I joined the army as a, a junior leader in 1986. So through conversation with Davy, uh, I started going to the Bible study and realised just what I'd been missing um, and how I did need to be saved and repent of my sins and accept Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. Through the Bible study with Sarah, that's where that came to fruition. Sarah has got a wonderful opportunity to tell young guys, young guys for the schemes, young boys that have no, they haven't grown up in the church, they haven't grown up, you know, knowing anything about the Bible or anything. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, and that's information that these young guys don't have. I would be hellbound if I hadn't came across this organisation. Um, it's a fantastic organisation that does great work with, with some guys who, just with the society that we live in these days, would, would never come across a Christian. And to have somebody like Davy and, and Gavin Fisarza that go round about um, evangelising is, is absolutely fantastic and it's, it's definitely needed. Well, as a young airman, I remember going back to a scripture reader's house and having, having meals. But that, that's been an ongoing part of the Sandra ministry for long, a long time. It's not merely cutting about camp. It's also about inviting soldiers back to your home, having meals, having conversations, and providing that home away from home over which they can relax, and then you can get a chance to share your life and your faith with them. And that's a very, very powerful ministry. From there, you can see the importance of getting alongside um, men and women, you never know that. Do you see that that big fella, the big big jock? Um, he's a big fella, you know. Um, but he was invited to come along to a Bible study. He said, "Okay." Um, and he was challenged by the Word of God. And then, uh, over a series of uh, months, God did a, an amazing work on him, broke through, uh, and began a work of sanctification on him. Um, he was he, he was really uh, a tough tough case, but the, the Lord did a remarkable work from him. Now I understand that young that man is uh, working in between Edinburgh and Glasgow, in a particular place, and often he will be found on a Friday night or a Saturday night, out in the town, picking up people out of the gutter, and taking them to a shelter, where they can be um, safe but also then be given some food and some uh, welfare support, those sorts of things. 
Um, he's big enough to do it, but he now has a heart that wants to do it as well. You know, when we talk about these young men and women who come from very difficult backgrounds, when they are saved, they're the ones that go back to these estates. They're the ones that go in and are accepted. And they're the ones that go and say, you know, I was blind once, but now I see. I was bereft, I was struggling for all sorts of answers, and I was so frustrated, but now I've met with Jesus. And now I know who I am and what I'm about. And it's a real delight to be able to, to, to share with you uh, that the Lord is still reaching out and saving souls today. Not in huge numbers. Not in huge numbers. But the ones and the twos. And we're still helping um, young men and women who join up. Let me finish by giving you one more story. Last year, last summer... Um, I was up in Keswick, I manned the uh, Sazra stand up there, and uh, I got a, a text, I got an email rather, from a young man who said he'd just become a Christian, and he was due to go to Catrick, uh, sorry, up to Harrogate, and then to Catrick, and uh, could I help him? So I, I inquired who he was and all the rest of it, and it turns out this young man had decided to join the army, and then he attended church and got saved. And then he thought, now what am I going to do? He thought, well, I'll, I've signed up, I'll, I'll, I'll go. And someone said to him, oh, you must find out about Sazra. They're there for Christians in the army. And he got it. And he got my details because I'm the guy for the north. And so he came through to me. So I made contact with him, I got the dates and said, right, when you come to uh, Catrick, I will make sure that the scripture reader is there to meet you. And I gave Lee the details. Lee linked up with him and he met him. And for the, this, man's, uh, this young man, when he did his training, he met with him every Wednesday when he could and instructed him in the basics of reading the Bible. Because I say, this young man knew nothing. Had fellowship with him and encouraged him through his training. And nowadays... Um, things are done a little different. It's all done on a smartphone. And so uh, they have this uh, WhatsAppy type thing that they, they link up with. And so wherever he is now, he's able to contact the scripture reader until he's able to stand on his own two feet, as it were, and, and to be uh, the witness that God wants him to be. As I said at the beginning, nothing's changed because oh. the problem's still the same. The answer certainly is. And so Sazra continues to do this work. It continues to be uh, the church's gift to our soldiers and our airmen, that they might hear for themselves uh, the wonders of the gospel. They might see it for themselves, lived out in the lives of those who have served and have faced all the things that you can imagine soldiers and airmen face and have come through it because of the grace of God. And I commend the work to you. And I'll be happy to answer any questions that you might have over the next little while. Feel free.